ask that your partner show up for you. Tell them what you need. And maybe you have to teach them how to do that. It's not really natural for a lot of people. But if you say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I need you to just sit there and listen to me. I don't even need your advice. And then after I'm done, I'm going to cry. And then I need you to hold me for five minutes. And then we can move on and allow them to experience that with you and teach them because then they'll be able to do that with you and they won't even know what happened. You will have modeled it and you will have taught them and then they can step into that experience as well. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, Kelly. Hi. I'm so happy you're here. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so you really were the instigator behind me having a podcast. Yes, I'm so proud of you. You really are. Thank you so much. You're yeah. like my podcast mommy. <laughs> um, Kimberly Johnson was the first. You're the second. And I was I like, it. I want a podcast. Mm-hmm. And really, I'm just in so much gratitude to you because you were so open and willing to help me and point me in the right direction with the equipment, with the people and all of that. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. You know, it's funny. I I talk to people all the time about the power of podcasts and you really, you took it and you ran with it. And I think you understand how important your message is and how many people can benefit from the work you're doing. And I mean, when you were on my show, I had so many people reach out that Mm. absolutely loved what you shared. And it's just things that People don't talk about enough and you and I both know, I mean, so many of our friends are moms or like me, want to be a mom in the next Mm -hmm. couple of years. And it's, this information is so pertinent and so important and you're just breaking down those walls that I think have been there for a lot of us for so long. So I'm so proud of you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. It's a work in progress, but it does feel really good to Mm -hmm. be doing it. I think it's always going to be a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah, We were just talking about it, the evolution of a brand. I mean, we just rebranded and I'm on my third or fourth website already. And we keep making changes to the logo and to the feel. And I change the Mm -hmm. music and I'm like, how do I want this to resonate with people? And I think that's where you're going to be is, especially, you know, even in motherhood, as much as you evolve and, and sort of change your views or experience Mm -hmm. different things you hadn't before. And as the girls get older, you're going to be in different places. And all of a sudden you're going to be like, I need to create a course for this, you know, that's what's going to happen. And it's really cool. And it is, uh, you know, we were just talking a lot about business and branding before we started recording and it just to stay in that flow. And that was such a good reminder Mm -hmm. because I tend to want to have everything figured out right now or yesterday, preferably. (laughs) Um, So, and really, and that is motherhood. It's like every time I tell this to all my clients, every time you think you have it figured out, something new happens or your kid's in a new developmental phase, you know? So it's just always changing. Yeah. But it's so beautiful about we're living, you know, how we're living in this time now where we can keep evolving. Cause it used to be you train, you do one thing and that's your life for the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. And I love that you've rebranded. I mean, Thanks. it looks gorgeous and you've, you've accumulated so much knowledge quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's great that you've pulled that bandaid off and changed when you needed to. Yeah, I think I just... I realized that I was changing so much as a person Mm -hmm. and I wanted the brand to reflect that. And I no longer 
felt like the old name resonated with who I was and who I was becoming and what I saw for myself and the vision I have for myself and the brand. And Mm -hmm. when I decided to call it Ceremony Wellness, it was after coming out of, you know, sitting with ayahuasca for Mm -hmm. a weekend and it Mm -hmm. just, it hit me. And I I just thought, I want to be in ceremony in all aspects of my life. And that is how Mm -hmm. I've healed. So much of my journey has been about gathering and finding women like you, you know, our little Mm -hmm. tribe of women. And I thought, I want to create that for other people. And I have to be open to the evolution of what this looks like and not be afraid to change and not look at it as failure, but really evolving and growing up. I'm 31 now. I mean, my twenties were crazy and a lot of things Mm -hmm. happened. And, and even just in the last year, my life has drastically changed. And so why wouldn't the brand reflect that? And why can't that be okay? Totally. Yeah. So beautiful. I just got chills. (laughs) I really did. And it is so important to bring that aspect of gathering, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and especially in LA where we have so many incredible women here. I mean, we're so lucky and I never take it for granted, but I get used to that. And even in the, like the postpartum, I can find myself thinking, well, everyone knows that. I don't really need to talk about that. And it's just false. Most people don't know about Mm -hmm. these things, you know? So constantly, I feel like seeing it mirrored in other people, you know, that's the beauty of the podcast is you can reach so many other people that are outside of your zone Mm -hmm. that say, wow, I'd never even thought about that or I'd never looked at it that way. Well, even I always tell the story of how I got into functional medicine and Ayurveda was because of Jordan Younger's podcast, Mm -hmm. The Balanced Blonde. Mm -hmm. A girlfriend of mine who has a podcast, I've been living in LA for 10 years. I have been seeing great doctors and I've had access to things. And I didn't even know what a functional medicine doctor was until Hmm. just under two years ago. And I learned about it on her show. And it's not something we had ever talked about in person. That is the power of this reach. And that is the power of you. You put this headset on and you have a mic in front of you and you're able to share with so many people Mm -hmm. and give them access that they may not have. And even people that quote unquote do have access still don't know these things. I didn't even know what a postpartum doula was until I met you. Yeah, Like that is so powerful and it can change someone's life so quickly of just that knowledge and that wisdom that you can share. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your journey of, you know, just your life. life And I know that's in a nutshell, (laughs) please. Um, But because you had autoimmune, Mm -hmm. you suffered with that for about 10 years, right? Which got you into this whole world. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I'd always been the sick kid growing up. And then Mm. my senior year of high school, I had pneumonia for four months and then I got to USC and I had mono for eight months. And then I bounced back from that miraculously and was in the best shape of my life, captain of the volleyball team. And And then one day I couldn't feel my left leg. It went Mm. numb and dead. Couldn't stand up straight, head to toe body pain, couldn't Mm. see straight, brain fog, super depressed and tired as hell. Like walking five feet was too much for me. And I was 19 at the time and it was so bizarre. And I went undiagnosed, misdiagnosed for six months, seeing all these different world-renowned doctors who couldn't see anything on the test, but kept telling me, oh, it might be cancer. You might have a tumor. Oh, you may have broken your back. I'm like, well, show me a test that says Mm, this mm -hmm. and I will respond. Mm. I got three epidurals. I was on tons of drugs. I have like nine different bottles of pills and no one gave me any direction. It was like, well, just numb yourself, feel Mm. better and you know, whatever, we'll figure it out, I guess. And so then after that six months, I had basically 
been bedridden. I almost withdrew from school. Mm. I, if I went to class, I had to just lay in the back and I didn't do anything because I was so sick. And luckily my teachers were great and my coaches were amazing. And I just like was not a functioning human. Mm. And then I saw a rheumatologist and he told me that I had fibromyalgia which at the time we knew nothing about. And we trusted him because again, top USC doctor in the world. Mm. And so we took that. And for the next two years from 19 to 21, I had to quit the volleyball team and I had to move to a different scholarship. And I was like a normal student, but I, I was dying inside and I'm on all these drugs. I'm hallucinating. I'm seeing like men walking in my apartment in the middle of the night and mm-hmm. I just kept thinking, this cannot possibly be my life mm-hmm. now. How did I get to this point? So at 21, cold turkey went off of all the medication. And I just thought, there's got to be something in this using food as medicine world. I, I, I Maybe I should be a vegan. Like, mm-hmm. I, I will do anything mm-hmm. to get out of this. So I became a vegan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a vegan and a vegetarian for about four years. And I didn't drink for two of those years. And when I initially got to that point, I did feel better. Because I think I was getting alcohol out and gluten and dairy. Yeah, which is a lot. I mean, those are a lot of the things. So many. (laughs) But then I was eating really high levels of grains and legumes Mm -hmm. and nightshade vegetables. And that's a huge part of many vegan diets. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know that those were actually huge triggers for me. So then Mm -hmm. I got worse. Mm -hmm. So then I found paleo. Mm -hmm. I think it was 2012. And that was a huge shift for me. Mm. And so I did that for a while. And then I found the autoimmune protocol. And the autoimmune protocol is an offshoot of paleo. And so you take out all the inflammatory triggers and Mm. take out the nightshades, legumes, grains, Mm -hmm. nuts, seeds, eggs, alcohol, caffeine, sugar, probably other things that I'm forgetting. But you take all this stuff out Mm -hmm. and you're able to heal your gut. Mm -hmm. And so I did the protocol for multiple times. The longest I did it was nine months. And that's when I started to really feel like I was healing. I could start seeing straight. The body pain started to go down. I wasn't as tired and depressed. And I was like, okay, there there really is something to this food as And that's a long thing. time to trust. A Nine long months, time. I mean, I, I don't know if I could do that. I know. To trust, like it's not better. It's not great, but it's right. maybe a little better. Yeah, I think I was starting to see progress. And so, and because I had been, I mean, I wanted to die. I wanted to kill oh, myself. Oh like my it was so horrible when you get to that point, you're kind of willing to do anything. And I knew I was so young and I knew I had a healthy body that was just going through something. And so I guess I had the wherewithal to Mm -hmm. be patient, which is just not like me at all. (laughs) And so once I got through that, things were a lot better, but I still felt like there were missing pieces and I definitely was not a hundred percent. I would say I was about 50% better. And were you out of college by this point? Yeah, I was, I don't know, 25, 26. Mm -hmm. And I had been going through some tough things in my personal life. I had been engaged to Mm -hmm. someone who had had a traumatic accident and that was a really rough relationship. And so then we ended the engagement and then I started to feel better. And, you know, we Mm -hmm. talk so much about the mind body Mm -hmm. connection and emotional trauma and triggers. And so I was going through that, which was tough and then sort of brought some clarity and and Mm -hmm. stuff into my life. And then I had been working in television this whole time. And so the the TV schedule as a reporter and an anchor in sports is really grueling. And it's lots of late nights and you're not sleeping. And I'm at Dodger Stadium for three days in a row. And I'm with 50,000 people a day. And I'm having to be on energetically interviewing and hosting from about 1 p.m. to 11, 12 at night. And it's, it was draining and Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't dealing with it well. And it was a lot of my body. And so then in 2017, um, I had found a functional medicine doctor, Dr. Lekos here, who mm-hmm. I love. And 
that was incredible. But then my body totally shut down in December of 2017 and I was bedridden again. I couldn't do anything. I was so tired. I slept 16 hours a day for three months straight. I was on disability leave from work. And I think it was just my body reminding me that I wasn't authentically living for myself and that I wasn't in alignment and that I wasn't being fulfilled and happy. And I was in a very toxic, negative environment Mm -hmm. and having experiences that were not good for me and that were unhealthy. And, and on top of that, I wasn't sleeping well and I was working long days and it was just, my body said no more, Mm -hmm. like you are Mm -hmm. done. And so I took that time. And then when I came back, I, I quit my job And it was five months later and I just said, I can't come back. And I launched this. And during that time, my health has dramatically improved. And I've added in things like Ayurveda, which Mm -hmm. I know you love, Mm -hmm. and working with Marta Sofer from Surya Spa here and using food as medicine even more. So you add Mm -hmm. the functional medicine component, you add the autoimmune protocol, and then you add the Ayurveda in. So I follow very much so a plant-based paleo diet, which Mm -hmm. may sound weird, but Mm -hmm. I don't eat as much meat as I used to. I try and maybe once a day, I would say I'm probably a vegan a few times a week. Mm -hmm. And I just really focus on good vegetables for me and healthy fats and getting the right kind of protein. And I don't really drink as much and, you know, focusing on sleep and eliminating that toxic environment I was in. Mm -hmm. I'm now able to have and cultivate the kind of life that I want. So So it's been crazy. (laughs) I think that's such a great point that all doctors and all kind of different philosophies are saying plant-based is best to have a heavy plant-based diet, Mm -hmm. you know, more plants, more fruits, more veggies. Yeah. It doesn't mean no meat. Exactly. Just means that your plate should be focused on that. And then it's almost like you think of your meat as a a side. Exactly. Or like a condiment. Yeah. Yeah. Like Asian cultures. That's what my husband Mm -hmm. always says, because he loves meat and he's really trying to be more Mm plant-based, but he's like, if I just have a taste of it a little bit, that's enough. Yep. It's not these like full plates of steak, you know, yeah. you need to be downing. I don't need a 22 ounce ribeye. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> sometimes yeah. I do. Yeah. Sometimes right. I do it. But no like shame. for the most part, no, yeah. you just don't need that. And I feel so much better. My liver works better. I just mm-hmm. feel cleaner. You know, my um, bowel movements are better. Mm-hmm. Everything just runs easier. Do you feel different when you have just normal fats like avocado, coconut versus animal fats? Because I feel like this is a big conversation I've been hearing a lot about. Yeah, I think um, I eat a lot of coconut oil and ghee mm-hmm. and avocado and and olive oil for sure. I think that I feel less heavy when I have those. Mm-hmm. I definitely am very much more aware of what a real steak makes me feel like. Mm-hmm. And I have a weird relationship with chicken. <laughs> I I don't know. I, so when I was vegan, it was the I had chicken. That was the first mm. thing I had when I came back, mm-hmm. and that was just like a really brutal experience for me. Mm-hmm. So I think ever since then I've been weird with chicken, and it just doesn't sit well with me. Same thing mm-hmm. with turkey. I'm just mm-hmm. not not really loving. So I guess I just pick and choose, and I, I realize that yeah, it does make me feel heavier, and it brings heat to my body. Mm-hmm. And I learned that I was pitta, mm-hmm. very heavily dominant um, in Ayurveda, and so the meat makes my body heat up and yeah. I just don't react well to a lot of it. So I think, yeah, having um, ghee and avocado and coconut oil is really yeah. the way to go. And then you feel full. I, yeah. I don't eat that much. 
I never eat breakfast really. Mm-hmm. I'll eat either. twice a day yeah. because I'm full and I, I'm satiated and by no means do I look like I'm starving. So, yeah. well, you know. You look very gorgeous and healthy. Thank you. And slim and tall and fabulous. <laughs> I was just, I was listening to actually another podcast yesterday and it was talking about veganism because I am vegan. Yeah. But anyway, I don't want to go into a rabbit hole, but just how even doing some bone broth if you're a vegan mm-hmm. or just implementing a little bit of animal protein can be really healing for people with autoimmune or mm-hmm. gut sensitivity. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I actually agree with that. So, you know, I'm never judging you, but this is how I feel. Yeah. Um, I think there's a time and a place for being a strict vegan. Mm-hmm. I think that if you have an autoimmune disease and chronic illness, it can actually be really harmful for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I have a girlfriend who's going through a very severe chronic Lyme journey right now. Mm-hmm. And she and I were talking and she said, you know, what do you think? She asked me what I thought about mm-hmm. being a vegan versus adding an animal protein. And I said, you know, look, you have to do what's best for you. And everyone has mm-hmm. their reason for why they're vegan. Yeah. And I think it's really hard when you talk about the animal cruelty and you feel like, you know, yeah. animals are not raised well, that whole thing. And I, I do feel that very strongly as well. But I said, you're eating so many oats and grains Mm. and nuts and seeds and legumes, and that's how you get your protein. And those are the most inflammatory things for your leaky gut right now. And she has like a really Mm. tough time with her skin and like Mm -hmm. cystic acne. And I Mm. think that that is causing more inflammation. And so I told her, I think if you add things in like really like well-raised salmon, you know, like no color added, you know, get the good stuff fresh, um, organic meats in small amounts and add in things like bone broth. And then you're able to take a lot of those inflammatory foods out. And just, I just really feel strongly about what your body can do with that. 100%. And it's hard though. I do get it. It is hard because you, you believe, we believe in our systems, but I mean, I've gone through like every different diet because I became Mm -hmm. vegetarian when I was really young. Mm -hmm. And then with health issues, you know, a healer would say, you need meat or you need that. And I never liked it. I never liked meat. I never craved meat ever, mm-hmm. even when I was a kid, but I would do that. Anyway, it's just a journey. Yep. You know, I'm 41 now and I say I'm plant-based because I do eat honey, but if I really wanted to smoke salmon, I would eat it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I also do what my body needs when I'm pregnant. I want hard boiled eggs. Mm-hmm. So I eat it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just listening to your own body. And that's yeah. confusing because we're so used to looking outside of ourselves. And also when you're suffering you will do anything that mm-hmm. someone's telling you because you're looking for those answers. So it's hard. I mean, I just have a lot of empathy. Yeah, and I think it's it's learning to not label yourself. Yeah, exactly. We all want to label. Yeah. We all want to say, well, I'm a vegan or I'm mm-hmm. paleo or I'm keto. Well, who cares? Yeah, like, I could care who less. Who cares? I know. Do you eat things that make you feel good? Yeah. How do you feel when you wake up in the morning? Are you rested? How's your stomach? Yeah. I don't care what you're eating. Like, yeah. Make that your priority. And 100%. Be a nice person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, if yeah. you can... I, we have a journal that um, mm-hmm. that is out right now. And it's so important to me that people write down how they're feeling physically and emotionally mm. and start making those correlations. That's what you need to pay attention to. Because 100%. if you have a headache and you're stressed and then you, you know that you've been eating grains, mm-hmm. like start looking at these things, yeah. start piecing that together. And if you write it down, then you're more likely to be able to make that correlation rather than, I don't remember what I had yesterday and I'm not sure if I was stressed or not. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how I felt. Yeah. You know, writing those things down really makes a difference. Totally. Yeah. And I love that you're reframing that because I have like an allergic reaction to writing down what I've eaten because it comes from that old like calorie counting. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not about that at all. It's using this as a tool to help yourself heal. Yeah. 
So I think that's just so important. Yeah, I journaled the whole time I was healing, um, Mm. specifically when I found my functional doctor because he had me implementing so many things that I hadn't done before. Right, so you had to keep track. Yeah, Yeah. I really wanted to keep track. And every time we met, I would take notes the whole time I was with him. Mm. And then I would write how I was feeling and be like, oh, introduced bone broth today, Mm. felt like this. Or took out tomatoes, felt like this. Wow. You know, and so then I was able to see, well, in September of 2017, I felt this way from this. And then I didn't have eggs again for a year. And then I introduced eggs and I felt okay. And mm. so I think um, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And I, it would have taken me a lot longer to heal had I not been so diligent. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. I love the podcast you did with him. He's, oh, he's he so sounds good. amazing. He is. I'm having him back on in oh, a couple good. of weeks. Yeah. Do you still go to him? I don't. I don't have to. Amazing. My health is the best it's ever been in my life. Ugh, yeah. Amazing. I've worked hard to get here. We text a lot. Um, mm-hmm. He's become a really good friend, actually. So and cool. I send everyone to him. So he's seen all of my friends and their parents right now, which is so funny. So but cool. um, he is not someone that just wants people to come in to pay him and see him. He wants to fix you and send you mm-hmm. away. And if you need him, he's there. But it is not this take a pill mask a problem, come back to me when you have another symptom mm-hmm. for another problem that that old pill caused. He just doesn't believe in that. It's really about healing from the core. So if you heal from the core, he gives you all the tools and resources, and then you can go on and live your life. That's incredible. Yeah. At your party, mm-hmm. what, what do you call that? My launch party. Your launch yeah. party. Thank you. I'm still postpartum. My you're brain. so cute. I'm like, what's that word? He was saying like, one of the supplements, like if you're going to take one thing, mm-hmm. and I wrote it down, I've been taking it for my liver. Oh, what is it? It's the GI liver, oh, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. I can show you the bottle. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's really helped mm-hmm. me keep my liver detoxing yeah. and well, feeling good. Yeah. And I think it's all about, it's not about taking a million supplements. No, which I can't, I've done that. I can't do that it's anymore. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I don't take very many anymore. I think when people ask me about supplements, I really encourage you to get tested before yeah. you start taking supplements 100%. because yeah. you don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. And then it's if you find one that works well for you, stick with it. Yeah. You don't need to take the GI one and then that one says liver cleanse. And I'm going to take that. I have four liver cleanses in my my place right now in my little bucket. And I thought the other day I pulled them all out. I'm like, why do I have four of these? I don't need to take four liver cleanse pills from four different companies. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. But we in our brains think, mm-hmm. oh, m- more is better yes. and more options. And let me just like super cleanse my yeah. liver. And it's like, yeah. what if we just take a step back and find things that are really high quality and good and then stick with that? 100%. Yeah. And the food is such a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And I love that, you know, medical medium, Anthony Williams, he, you know, in the liver cleanse, which I love that he says this is, you have to be so smart about it because you will tank your body if you try to cleanse your liver too quickly. Mm-hmm. And that goes for any cleanse. Yep. You know, I just see people thinking they're doing something so healthy and they're just tanking their adrenals out and their liver and everything. Yeah. Well, and even in in his stuff, I believe a lot of what he says, but the, even the celery juice itself, mm-hmm. that's something I do, but I don't do it as much as he says. It makes me feel sick. Yeah. You have to know, it doesn't matter who your doctor is or Anthony William or whoever, you have to know your own body. Um, People are going to bring so much good information to the table, but maybe one of those pieces isn't right for you. Don't be scared to take that out and then follow the rest of the protocol. Or he gets you to reintroduce fruit and you feel amazing, but this one thing bothers you. You don't need to have that one thing. We don't need to be married to this label or this idea of I have to do everything as it is. Really listening to your body and taking the best things for you and creating almost your own protocol, which is what I did. Mm -hmm. I took all this information from all these people and I found what worked for me and I ran with that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I used to do the celery juice. I don't know if it's like a rebellion because now it's so popular, I but I just don't want to do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I felt great when I did it, but I just, I, it's like, I can't. I don't know. Yeah, I get that. I just noticed my skin maybe. was better for sure. My skin was kind of bright and clear and I It's keep good thinking, stuff. Yeah. I just can't get myself to do it. I know. But at least I do the green powders. That feels good in my oh, smoothies. Yeah. You are a rebellious lady though. I am. So it's I can so- feel that. <laughs> She's a healer in all black. I know. I'm wearing all black today. But yeah, it's it's because I am like, I'm a Scorpio. So I'm so all or nothing. I mean, with age, I have matured into the middle path more. But it's just that like, I want the rules and I want to rebel against the rules. Right. So it's all finding what works for my body. Are your girls like that? Goldie Wolf, definitely yeah. already. She's so spunky. She's a double Virgo. And she's like, this is my way. My way or the highway. But she's really sweet and loving also. Um, Jemima, she can be really stubborn. Yeah. But she's also open to learning about lots of different things. You know, she's, she's, she's an open, um, she's very curious. She's not judgmental. Like she's such a little fairy spirit. That's so cool. Yeah, that's really cool. To watch you know, the thing I, I was listening to your show the other day that's and I was like, I have to ask McLean this. The thing you say in the show when you kind of sign off. Mm, what Jema. is Okay. But that reminds me of Jemima. And I thought, oh. I wonder if that, if there's a connection I wanted to there ask There isn't, you. but I love that so much. I never even thought about that. Yeah. Jema is, um, it's a Hindu chant. And that's, you know, the music by Wa that yeah, I use. so beautiful. I love, I love her so much. Um, it's basically like in praise of mother, mm. Jema. You know, J is like glory and glorify, almost like a hallelujah or an mm. amen kind of thing. That's and so beautiful. it just felt so fitting that, this is all about womanhood and motherhood. Yeah. It's yeah. perfect. Oh, I love that. Though. Yeah. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Jemima got to meet Wa when we um, oh. interviewed her and she was so excited. That's yeah, it was really, really cool. Cute. Okay. So one other thing is what made you go into the sports hosting or, you know. Yeah. Being a reporter. reporter. Um, I wanted to do that since I was 10. Oh, wow. So I hosted the morning announcements at my middle school. Oh my God, that's so cute. You should have seen that's me. So Can you imagine like baby Kelly? Were you like, so tall by then? I was like, this tall. Oh was, my God. I was How six cute. foot in sixth grade. Oh my God. With really big hair. I want to see baby Kelly photos. I know, I'll show you. My dad actually <laughs> sent me a great one the other day. Oh, so um, sweet. So I hosted the morning announcements and I fell in love with being on camera mm. and talking. I just felt at home. It felt Mm -hmm. so me. And um, when I started being recruited for volleyball, I started looking at schools that had great broadcast programs and USC had the best in the country. So I went to USC and I studied that and I had internships every semester Mm. and I really got into that culture. And luckily I had a girlfriend I grew up with. Her parents were the heads of ABC and Fox News in LA. So I was really like in it and they gave me some great opportunities. And then when I was in school and I got sick, I started just giving all my time to practicing. And so I would cover USC sports for the website mm. and interview all my friends that I was out partying with the night mm-hmm. before. I'd show up at football <laughs> practice and then have to interview them. And so it was great. It was a really good experience because yeah. I felt comfortable with them. And then I was hired by ESPN right after I graduated. Wow. And that really just kind of launched my career. And I I never wanted to talk about sports necessarily. I wanted to talk to people about mm things I cared about, but Mm -hmm. sports was really my foot in the door. And so I'm so grateful now that I'm able to have my show and do what I do because I learned all of these skills 
in, you know, 10 plus years of being on television and doing interviews and seeing what works, what doesn't, what really makes me happy? What do I not care about? How do I want to produce a show? What do I want it to feel like Mm. for me and for the listener? And so it was, you know, divine timing and the perfect thing for me. That must have been really challenging when you were sick to be on. So hard. Yeah. I tell people I was sort of living a double life because I would go and I don't, I never looked sick. That's Mm -hmm. something that people always say, well, you don't look sick. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, but I went home and like curled up in a ball for three days and I was just dying. I felt so horrible. I could barely see straight the the body pain and the fatigue. I was just always so tired, but I would go to the ballpark and put on a full face of makeup and cute dress and, you know, become what I would call like TV Kelly and snap of my fingers and have to pretend like I was great. Mm -hmm. And then I'd get in the car on the drive home and I would just sigh and just be dead. And so that's, that was really hard. And I, I was tired of sort of living this fake life. And I feel like everyone that lives with autoimmune has that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you're suffering behind closed doors. Yep. So alienating and so isolating. Yeah. And I was just scared for people to see what was really happening. I I really wanted to be that pillar of strength. Mm -hmm. And I always really took pride in being a warrior and, oh, Mm -hmm. I got, I got this. But in reality, I don't know what what purpose that was serving. It was just that I wanted people to think I had everything together and Mm -hmm. I was perfect. And I had this amazing life of a television host and that's not what was happening. And I was isolating myself more because of that instead of just being honest and real. Yeah. And then did you start volleyball in like middle school or high school? When I was 10, I started playing. Yeah. I was a dancer and the next door neighbors, they owned the dance studio and then they started the volleyball club in our city in Temecula. And so they came over and they said, you're tall. You should play volleyball. Wow. So I played volleyball and then I had to give up everything else because I was really good at volleyball and it just sort of happened from there. God, and how heartbreaking to then have to give that up. I mean, that's so many years. Yeah, it was definitely an identity mm-hmm. shift and crisis for me. Um, I lost everything I knew and I was one of the top five players in the country. I was on the cover of Volleyball Magazine. I was the captain Whoa. of the top five team in the country at USC. Yeah, that's and a big deal. It was huge. And I was just known as Kelly Tennant, the volleyball player. Wow. And there's, I think there's celebrity in that, in your mm-hmm. own little world. Mm-hmm. And there's a feeling of value and importance of what I had to offer. And then all of a sudden I had no idea who I was or what I was offering the world. Even though I knew I wanted to go into television, I wasn't really getting attention for that. Mm-hmm. And when you're young, it's like a really confusing yeah. transition. And I struggled a lot. I wrote a book about it called The Transition. And I, mm-hmm. I told my story, but I interviewed a lot of other athletes that were Olympians and NFL stars and talked about all of our transitions out of playing our beloved sport and how no one, I mean, my parents did, and I was a girl playing volleyball. So we had more conversations like this, but for a lot of these guys, especially guys that grew up in, you know, Compton and South Central, it was a way to escape. You either go play football or you're going to get shot. And for them, no one ever asked them, what do you like to do? What are you good at? Do you enjoy math class? Who are you? What's Mm -hmm. fun? And so all of a sudden they're 30 years old. They've got $12 million in the bank and they have no clue who they are. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to write an email. They don't know how to network. And they don't really prepare us for any of that or life after sports, especially if you're a top athlete at a top college. It's about winning, making them money and making sure you're passing your classes. And then they send you on your way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that transition. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Mm -hmm. So that's everything. I it mean, is. in everything in life is how it's more than even what the thing is. It's just how you're processing it, moving through it. Mm-hmm. Well, you and I talked about this, I mm-hmm. think, on, on when you came on my show is 
transition is in every aspect of your life, transitioning into motherhood, transitioning into a marriage, transitioning out of a marriage, all of these different life experiences and how do you cope with it and how do you respond to that? And how are you able to redefine yourself? And I I was telling you earlier, I feel like I've almost been rebirthed after mm-hmm. doing ayahuasca and mm-hmm. I'm in this huge transition of my life where I'm really finding my voice and stepping into so it. Amazing. And it's, it's so amazing. It's so cool. It's so fast. Like when it's in flow, it's in flow. Yeah, like crazy, ready. craziest <laughs> month of my life. All the things that I prayed for just right so in front amazing. of me. And it's awesome. But a year ago, I wouldn't have been open to that mm-hmm. transition. And now I have, I've expanded myself and I'm open to it. And then, like you said, let things be in, yeah. be in flow and come to you. And I think that makes any type of transition better. When we're trying to be so in control and define things, I think that's when it becomes really painful. Mm-hmm. When you allow and you surrender to what that looks like and feels like, that's when things unfold and that's when magic happens and just amazing love and relationships yeah. and experiences can come to you. And everything you just said is like what a birth doula says. Yeah. So that's yes. amazing. Maybe I was a birth <laughs> doula. Well, you're doing your people, yeah. your tribe, you know? I mean, it's all about transitions. I was actually, when I was talking to Chelsea earlier, I was like, this is all that's going on. She's like, you're still in, you're in transition. It's fine. Like you're still in transition. And mm-hmm. I forget that I'm still in transition of having a one and a half year old yeah. and coming back to work and how that's evolving. And it can feel scary because it's like, I, I've been doing one thing. And then as I want to evolve and expand, it is, it's really exciting, but there's also like that fear sometimes that, you know, kind of comes in sprinkled in a little bit. Yeah, but. it's true. You know, something that's been going on for us, and I was actually excited to talk to you about this and I haven't even told you until right now, but so we have team calls every week uh-huh. and almost everyone on my team has a kid or multiple children. And so I love that Chelsea and Carrie always have their babies on our calls with us. (laughs) And Chelsea, it basically breastfeeds Caden every time we're on a Zoom video call. I love that. And I just, I was thinking about your audience and Mm. I just thought, I mean, I I purposely only have women on my team really. Mm -hmm. And I just kept thinking about how special that was. Mm -hmm. That we're all working on something we care about so much. We're building this this empire is how I feel about it. Me too. And all these women are being able to be moms and work and do what they love. And we're just having conversations and totally. no one even bats an eye. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, what a change from when my mom was younger and had oh us my God. at 30, 31. Such a change. And, you know, it was either you stay home and raise your kids or you go to work. Yeah. Now I look at this generation of women who are doing both at the same time and mm-hmm. no one says, you can't breastfeed on this call. Yeah. And I was like, this is magical. So magical. Yeah. And it's such an, a beautiful moment also to honor how technology can be so great, mm-hmm. you know, that you can work and be home and yeah. have an online business and be connected and it's just, it's so cool. I mean, your whole generation is going to be changing everything, I feel like, in business. Yeah. It's it's really amazing. And it's something I try to bring with my clients, um, just that flexibility and acknowledging, even when I interview with people of, you know, I have a nanny and I will schedule to the best of my ability and I have two children and things will come up and you know, I'm sorry that may affect you, but it's just real and it's the reality. And I feel like people don't talk about that either. And it's all this guilt of like, oh, I'm going to be an hour late today because my nanny was 30 minutes late and there's no way I can get, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's part of it. And I try to just at least bring it to the table and not over apologize for it because it's also, they're hiring me because of my experience with children. Mm-hmm. 
but it's just changing that paradigm. Mm-hmm. And and most of my clients are like, yeah, no problem, you know, or, you know, it's oftentimes we have the fear that we're going to be judged as much, even though we are, especially with women. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's like all of the things mm-hmm. working with women is so important. Don't you feel too, in those situations, this is what I've learned is some things just don't matter. Yes. I hate being yes. late for things. Me too. It is a thing for me. Yeah. But oh my goodness, if I'm 10, 15, 20 minutes late to something and there is a legit reason, not yeah. me being an idiot and not planning well enough, then yeah. why are we worried about it? I know. If people cancel, I have people cancel on me for the show all the time. I had three mm-hmm. people cancel interviews last week, last minute. And I just mm. was like, great, now I have time to go do right. this other thing. <laughs> if you look at yeah. things as blessings and totally. that they're meant to happen the way they do, then your whole world can shift. So true. And I think you just, not only do you take pressure off yourself, but you take pressure off of other people and you yeah. show people grace. Sometimes all someone needs is permission to just be and to take a breath. Yeah. And if what if you could be that person to give it to them? I know. If someone's running late so and you're like, true. girl, don't worry about don't it. Worry about or it. you need to cancel, like talk to you in a month is fine. Yeah. Then look at how much can blossom from that. I know. And it just, it's just, you know, we're all so hyper aware, especially as women. Mm-hmm. Our nervous systems are just, you know, at full capacity. So when you hear that, it's just this exhale mm-hmm. of like, oh my God. Yeah. And taking the things off the plate that don't matter. Yep. I feel like every day I'm trying to do that. What am I stressed about? How big or little? Does it matter? Does it really not matter? And, you know, having children is very humbling that way because there's so much out of my control on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. No matter how much I want to control it, I just cannot. What do you feel like you're able to take off your plate pretty easily? Well, I mean, the the newer one having a second kid is, I mean, I just don't see people that much, which is a bummer, but I also just- I've missed you. I know, I've missed you too. Like (laughs) I literally don't see people. Yeah. I mean, even my friends with kids, it's just so hard because they have their schedule and- I mean, one of my best friends that has two kids that's, you know, probably a mile and a half away from here, I see her probably once or twice a month. And it's just the, you know, the week and the schedule of the kids. And then the weekend, I really want to have a lot of family time. And I just don't want to over plan myself because every moment of my weekdays are planned. So I also just need that time just to see what happens. And having plans doesn't allow for that. But I think the biggest thing for me is having friends like you, all my mom friends that if we do need to cancel, it's not because I'm being a dick and it's not because I don't love you and vice versa and not taking it personally. And it has nothing to do with not wanting to be with you. It's just knowing if I go out to that dinner, I'm going to be so shitty a person tomorrow for my kids, myself, my partner and work. And it's just not worth it, you know? And so I feel like acknowledging where my life is right now without judgment, because it's going to change. It's going to transition. You know, Goldie's going to be next year. It's going to be a whole other thing. She'll be in preschool more. It's going to be, it all keeps evolving, but just not putting all this pressure on being the perfect friend, the best friend. And I did that a lot. I've always been the kind of mama of my, you know, friend group and which I love because I am a caretaker, but also having to really pull back and it's uncomfortable, you know, because I know friends miss me. I miss my friends. Sometimes I get judgy about my other friends doing that to me, you know, but it's just, it's all part of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's the same thing when our friends get a new relationship. Sometimes we don't see them for a bit because they're off on that journey. Mm-hmm. So just finding that balance and um, and then just trying to be really conscious about the things that I can control easily without stressing out and making a decision instead of just 
obsessively worrying about it or thinking about it, trying to make decisions kind of as swiftly as possible so they don't just stay on my radar. Mm-hmm. Especially like with my kids stuff, it's like do what I can do in the moment and then move on. Because I feel like I have in the past been very indecisive. I see both sides. I really want to know from my core. You want to feel into it. Feel into it all the time. (laughs) And like sometimes I just don't have time for that. No, Feelings are great, but they have a place. Yeah, they have a place. And (laughs) and just knowing that like I need to move on with my day and maybe it's not the best decision, but it's a decision, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I feel like I've been way more decisive in my Mm. life too. I, I felt almost wishy-washy and trying to like feel into Mm -hmm. it and whatever. But now I'm so clear on what feels expansive and what feels like a no. You're so clear. Yeah. But I'm like, nope, yes, goodbye. I'm here. I'm doing this. And it's just so nice. But I've had to put in so much work to get to that point and to know when I'm going to say yes and no and what fits. Yeah. Yeah. And also you're so clear about it that it doesn't feel wishy-washy to the person receiving it. Mm -hmm. And you say it with like such love. It's not... It's not personal, mm-hmm. you know? It's just work. what's working for you right, right. now. Yep. And that can change. Yeah. And we all have the power to change that too in six months yeah. or revisit it. I was, Connor always says, I, I reserve the right to change my, to change mm. my mind and be wrong. Ah, uh, that's good. Like, yes, because yeah. you can feel really strongly about something right now. And maybe next week, someone says something to you that changes your opinion. Yeah. What, you're not going to change your opinion or you're going to feel guilt about it because you have new knowledge and information? Right. No, I reserve the right to be wrong or change my mind. Totally. Yeah. And it's that thing of always being the student, which mm-hmm. those are the people I resonate with just in any part of life. What, whatever age you are, whatever phase in life, that you're allowing yourself to be the student. That we don't have the answers because we don't. It's all yep. false. Yep. And when you see people that are so controlling and have to always be right, it's so false. Mm-hmm. It's like... You see this like little boy or little girl, you know, inside. Yeah. This retreat I went to last week, there was a really great quotation my teacher said about being indecisive. And I have to go back. But it was basically something like, when you can't make a decision, it's because you're trying to kind of put yourself in this box that you don't belong in. Mm. So really knowing when you're in flow or not, or what's expansive. I mean, that's a beautiful Mm -hmm. term. What is actually feeling expansive in my body and what's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um that's actually really cool. I'm just like thinking through mm-hmm. that. I like that a lot. I I feel this in my life right now is I feel so expanded and I feel like things that are good for me and that are in flow for me, my whole body opens. Mm. My shoulders drop back, my chest po- pops out a little bit. I mm. hold my head higher. I feel lighter mm-hmm. and I'm noticing that things that are not in alignment for me or things I want to say no to, my body contracts. I feel this anxiety and this heaviness mm-hmm. on my chest and on, on my shoulders. So it's so clear now that I know which direction to take because my body tells me mm-hmm. so. It's so amazing. Yeah. And we all have that ability. Mm-hmm. It's just letting go of the other bullshit to yeah. allow for it. Mm-hmm. And once you then do start living your life like that, you're like, how did I live that other way? Seriously. Because it feels so gross mm-hmm. and weird in the body. Because we, we, all we get did comfortable that. in it. We don't know any different. We, know. we only know what we know. Yeah. And you only know, especially if when you're so deep in it, you have mm-hmm. no idea how bad it is or can be or was. And then all of a sudden you take a step back and you have perspective and you think, whoa, I didn't mm-hmm. realize I allowed that much darkness or that much pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how do you see your work right now? Like who who are you really reaching? How 
because you bring so many different things. You bring the health, you bring the mindfulness. And I've, I feel like you're reaching so many women and men too, it seems yeah. like. And and like, yeah. what is what is kind of your age range? And like, how do you see it manifesting and who you're reaching right now? Yeah, it's funny. This has really taken a life of its mm. own. Shockingly, my women over 50 category and men overall is like next level. Wow. And I never, I didn't realize I was reaching older women because that wasn't who I felt I was talking to. Mm -hmm. But I think because of the chronic illness piece, um, I never said this before. I totally skipped over this part. So I don't have fibromyalgia. I have Epstein-Barr and leaky gut and and, um, MTHFR, which I know you have as Mm -hmm. well. And I had SIBO really badly. And so- Mm. The reason I say that is because when I was told I had fibromyalgia, the doctor said, you know, it's really weird you have this because most people that have it are women over 50. Uh. And so I think the chronic illness piece, specifically my story in fibromyalgia and everything I went through, speaks to that age group Mm. because so many women in their 40s, 50s, 60s are getting chronic illness Mm -hmm. now and it's affecting them so deeply and they don't know what to do because every doctor wants to give them a pill. It breaks my heart. Yeah. And- the women that are doing the work realize, I don't think that this is right. This mm-hmm. doesn't feel right for me to just take a drug. Yeah. There has to be more here. And so they're coming to me, not only for the food piece and healing with food, but also the mindset piece and showing themselves grace and choosing themselves. You're a mom. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have done this where you're just constantly choosing everyone around you and taking care of everyone. And then you fall by the wayside, your health, your body, your yeah. joy, your relationships, everything is just shit. And I I watched my mom, she gave up her whole life Mm. to raise us. And we were, and still are very much her whole life. And I love that about her in a way, but I also see that that's not how it has to be. And Mm -hmm. you don't have to give yourself up. And so I think a lot of what I talk about is choosing yourself and making yourself a priority. Mm-hmm. And these women are like, oh, that's yeah, okay. It's that's almost okay. like they're feeling permission. Yeah. And so, and then the men, I had 87% male following coming from sports on Instagram. Oh, wow. And so we we have worked that's that cool. down a little bit. <laughs> a lot of men have unfollowed mm-hmm. me because I'm not prancing around talking to Dodgers anymore in right. cute little dresses. <laughs> but a lot of the men will privately reach out to me and say, Thank you so much for talking about non-toxic products. I didn't Mm. know the tampons that we were buying Mm. our daughter Mm -hmm. were making her Mm. sick, actually. Mm. Or um, thank you so much for the messages you share empowering young women. I actually showed my daughter your Instagram today and she's seven. And so these men are understanding the power they have in the relationships with their children and in their partnerships. I have so many guys also asking me for dating advice and how Mm. do I talk to this girl and how do I give her space, Mm. but also give her the attention and show her how much I adore her. I'm like, you guys are so cute. So there's that. And then I'm speaking to women that are early 20s to about 40 about this healing deeply. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about chronic illness for me. And it's funny, at first it really started with that but now I'm not sick anymore. And so I see the spirituality and the mm-hmm. personal development really taking precedence over what I'm doing. And that's what I get asked about even more is, mm-hmm. okay, how do I journal every day and what does that do for me? Or how do I step into the world more authentically? What conversations should I be having? How do I get out of toxic relationships? How do I quit my job? How do I break up with my boyfriend? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm teaching on all these things, mm-hmm. which is not what I anticipated. And mm-hmm. so it's been really interesting and I just see it 
evolving as it needs to. I'm trying not to control it. I'm trying to answer the questions people ask and be open to whatever that looks like. And if it's in chronic illness, then great. And if it's in personal and spiritual development, that's great too. I think there's a way to merge it all, which is kind of what I'm trying to do. You're doing it. I mean, it's incredible to to watch and witness and see the change since I've known you. I appreciate you. And um, one thing about, so interesting about the 50-year-olds or 40-year-olds is this came up in this retreat I just went to. Also how there is a biological thing like where all this autoimmune is popping up when women turn 40 mm. or around the 40 mark because it's almost like you can live your life a certain way and then your nervous system just cannot deal anymore. So it's actually been scientifically proven that it's almost like the straw breaks around 40 for women. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine that makes sense that all these women who have been suffering for like five, 10 years and then are in their 50s you yeah. know, reaching out yeah. and being like, what the fuck? Well, it's the same thing that happens with cancer. Dr. Mm. Lekos explained that you get cancer on average seven to nine times in your life, oh, but your wow. body and your immune system is strong enough to fight it off over and over and over again. But that's why most people get cancer when they're older. Your body can't fight it anymore. Yeah, because it's been fighting yeah, the whole time. Exactly. And we didn't know it. Yeah. And that's why really looking at your daily stress and what we've been talking about, you've been talking about, is just taking that stressor. Like last night, I had a weird anxiety attack with this wind that this tree was going to fall all over and like break over our band. Like I just had a a really weird anxiety attack. It it probably wasn't just that, but it brought all this stuff. And my husband stayed up with me like three hours during the night because he was just like, we need to actually talk through all this if you're having this much anxiety about it. Because I couldn't sleep. I had like a pit in my stomach. Mm. And so just, and it was just such a beautiful moment because in the past I would have just stayed up all night by myself and not wanted to share because I was like, I'm feeling crazy or like he needs to sleep or whatever. But I actually shared it and woke him up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to have those partners that allow for that too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think that's such a part of the journey is we can open and we can change and we can peel back those layers. But if we have a partner that's judging us the whole time or not being supportive, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. So not to say you have to throw every relationship out, but there's going to be there's going to be an up-leveling and there's going to be a transition that we all have to go through as we change. Yeah, I think, you know, I had this experience the other day where I was just, I was so overwhelmed. I was, I just started crying because mm. I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed by really good things. All things were happening that were awesome. <laughs> I was like, I'm so happy and I feel good in this. And mm. my my brand is expanding and we're creating this amazing event that you're speaking so, at. So yay, we have to talk about so that excited, in a second. Yes. Um, and we're doing all these things. And I was just like, ah, too much goodness. Yeah. I'm going to panic yeah. and freak out. And he and I were in the car and he's like, he's just like holding my hand. And he's just like, what's going on? Mm. Like, let's talk through this. And I talked through it. And I just said, I'm so happy. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do in this Mm. space where things are so good. And once I got that off my chest and he talked through it with me and like asked me the right questions, then I I cried and I let it go and we moved on. Mm -hmm. I have been in scenarios where that doesn't happen. And then things bottle up for so long. Yeah. And you're dealing with so much stress and so much pressure. And by the time it comes out and you blow up, you don't even know what I know. is happening You're just anymore. exploding everything. Yeah. You have to deal with it as it comes. You have to allow for that and ask that your partner show up for you. Yeah. Tell them what you need. And maybe you have to teach them how to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not really natural for a lot of people. Yeah. But if you say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I need you to just sit there and listen to me. Mm-hmm. I don't even need your advice. And then yeah. after I'm done, I'm going to cry. 
And then I need you to hold me for five minutes. And then we can move (laughs) on and allow them to experience that Mm -hmm. with you and teach them because then they'll be able to do that with you and they won't even know what happened. You will have modeled it and you will have taught them and then they can step into that experience as well. Yeah. And you learning this at your age is incredible. I know. I'm so grateful. You know, I mean, for real mm-hmm. to know all that. Yeah. Thank you. That's like a game changer. I'm so excited for your life Thank and you. all that's going to go. So let's discuss the event really quickly. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. I know. Um, so it's called Ceremony Wellness Live. It's on October 5th. And it will be an all-day event with amazing speakers like awesome. you, you and Marta and Dr. Lekos. So great. And yeah, it's, I think we have about eight speakers. And so, uh, I just really wanted to bring the podcast to a live space mm. and have people in the room that wanted access to all of these amazing conversations that we've been having. And, you know, I get so many questions after every interview of how do I work with them? Or Mm -hmm. I want to ask this, or I I wish that I was in LA to to talk to them. And so people are going to be flying in from all over the world to come to this event. I I know to hear you guys speak about the things that are so important and Mm. every stage of life, every stage of healing, whether it is when you're young and how to talk to your daughter and, and empower her or when you're going through chronic illness or how to detox your life or how to mm-hmm. go through motherhood and, and pregnancy and postpartum, mm-hmm. what do those things feel and look like? And how can we really engage in that conversation together and be in a place where we're gathering, feeling yeah. so supported and so loved? And I'm just super excited. So if anyone wants to go to that, you can go to kellytenant.com slash live and get awesome. tickets for it. And I love that too, because we're able to reach so many people through the podcast, but then there's also that missing part of being together. Yeah. So it's the perfect combo. Yeah. I and you know, that. it's like women's space. That's yeah. why women's space is amazing. That's yeah. why I did this because we had our event there in March mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I want to do this, but bigger. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Such a genius idea. Thank you. It's really exciting. Can't wait to have Yay, you. Yay, <laughs> too. Um, well, thank you so much. I feel thank like you. I could talk, you know, to you forever. I and know. I, I will continue I know. to. But this at least got us on our first interview. Yes. And again, just thank you so much for helping ushering me into this new realm. You're so welcome. It's great. I'm exciting. so proud of you. Thank this you. show is killing it. Thank you, honey. Yes. And I love all, all of yours and all the people you have on and just you. I mean, honestly, just you watching you change and evolve and be so open as an inspiration. Thank you. I love you. Love you. Bye.